Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You know, Ryan, I, I just discussed it with this franchise today at their treatment of Flyers legend Keith Yandel. Just a, what, what a disgusting day. It's a legend. I mean, they took a Flyers great and they really just walked all over him. And I don't know. I mean, what do you say? What do you say at a time like this? Sunk, sunk, sunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, uh, look, okay. It sucks that Keith Yandel's Iron Man streak had to come to an end. Had to come to an end shy of a thousand games. And had to come to an end as a member of the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. But on another level, I also just don't care at all. Yandel was a guy that when I came into the season, I was mildly optimistic on. I was a little annoyed that he was going to delay Cam York coming up with the big club. That ended up being the right decision. I think Cam York got just enough time at the Phantoms and he looks great with the big club right now. But Yandel, after a couple decent games, has just been utter dog shit since then. And this is a guy who's super nice. I don't like to drag his name through the mud, but... He's been terrible at the game of hockey this year. Good guy. And I know. Tries hard. Great guy. Great guy. He says thank you. He says sunk. Loves the game. (laughs) One of Kevin Hayes' best friends. Like, great. But he is a guy who should not be in the starting lineup of an NHL team right now. He is a press box guy. And him sitting is long overdue. He's been playing terrible. And I don't care what your streak is. That's not an excuse to just, like, play every night, even if the team's terrible like this. Like, it's just not an excuse. And I was glad they did it. It's long overdue. Honestly, he's he, he's kind of lucky that they let him even get the streak to where it is now. Um, it's just like, – so I agree with you. Like, when they first signed him, I was actually, like, really excited because the way I thought about it was, oh, wow, we went through the last couple of years with Provorov being, like, the number one power play guy or the number one power play quarterback. And it just didn't work at all. And I was like, here's Keith Yandel. Who's like kind of made a career out of doing good things on the power play. Like, this is great. I think if we put him on the third pairing, this could work pretty well. And at first, like you mentioned, it was, it did work. All right. I think he had like a three assist game in one of his first games or something like that. Like he had a, he had a really good game uh, early in the season. And then after that, it's just been horrific. And 
he's been dog shit on the power. We have the worst. The Flyers have the worst power play in the NHL right now. So it's just like uh, there's not much more <laughs> that you can say about it. Like I listen. If he was just having a bad season offensively, but he was like still average defensively, like cool, I can I can get by with that, whatever. But he's been bad at everything, and. I know a lot of people were like, oh, he was just 11 games shy of a thousand. And yeah, that would have been cool to see him get there. But he really doesn't, he does not deserve it. And he would probably be one of the first people to probably agree with that, I would think. You know, like, I just, I don't see. No, he just, he shouldn't have, he deserved to be sad. And I'm glad he was. Um, and yeah, I, it's not even something I really think about. I'm surprised that this has kind of been blown up as much as it has. I can't believe it's been blown up like this. Like, who really gives a shit? Is it that slow of a news week that we really, really need to be going on about this? And, like, I, I feel like I'm doing, like, an SNL, like, Seth and Amy, like, really sketch. Really? Really? We're going on about <laughs> this? And, I, you know, like, and Yandel handled it very professionally. If you look at a Charlie O'Connor's story on The Athletic, he said he received it exactly the way you would expect Keith Yandel to handle it. Yo said... I know you guys have dealt with him. He is nothing but a phenomenal pro. He handled it extremely well. Obviously disappointed, which you would expect from a competitor and a hockey player that's been doing that for as long as he has. My only hope is that he just recognizes how amazing it is what he's done. So a true pro, I think Yo realized that this was going to be hard, but it needed to happen. And I feel bad for Mike Yo because he's a guy who's really just been thrown into the heat this year. Right. And had yeah. to deal with a tremendous amount of bullshit. And you know what? He seems like he's handled it as well as somebody could in this situation because this team's just been a hot mess. I actually kind of want to ask like a slightly unrelated. So like Mike Yo has had to deal with a lot of shit this year. And like, I feel like it's pretty obvious. He's not going to be the head coach next season. Like, but do you think this year he's done enough to earn a head coaching gig elsewhere in the NHL? Unless like, it's the Coyotes, I don't think so. Yeah. Because I, like, I know he's dealing with a really horrible, like just a terrible situation with the Flyers. And it makes me wonder like, if he went to a different team that you know wasn't a complete mess, would it be going better? I think if the team had really gone on like a, a, an upswing after Elaine Vigneault had been fired then we might be talking about that. But I, I just right. don't feel like he's, the team has improved really that much. Like uh, the power plays actually continued to get worse and worse somehow. Yeah. And I think he was just a guy who he's nice to have in the room. Apparently he was not the ass of the ass crew. He was <laughs> apparently the nice guy. guy. He's yeah. a good guy. Yeah. So like, Mike Yo has, I think he's earned himself another assistant role and yeah. I'd actually be fine with the Flyers keeping him on in an assistant role moving forward because I think he is like a good guy who's doing his best out there, but I really don't think he's done enough to earn another head coaching position. Yeah, I do think it's funny that of all the like the ass crew, he was the one who was like the nice guy just considering the video. I don't know if you remember this, but like a few years ago, I think he was coaching the wild at the time. He just like lost his shit at practice one day and was berating everybody. Like someone got video of it and he, like every other word he was saying, like just profanities throwing it everywhere. And he <laughs> went that? absolutely insane. It's on YouTube. It's nuts. He just completely went ape shit. 
And um, he just looks it, stressed out like all the time. He just looks like I, I a mean, big ball of stress. I mean, I don't blame him. <laughs> like, given what he's dealt with this year, I would be the same thing probably. But the yeah, man like, blinks I, a lot. I feel bad for him. You what? The man blinks a lot. He does blink a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, a ton. Big, but I think he's blinker. just like. I feel bad for him too. Like, I think he's a big blinker over here. Like, I feel like he's just like constantly going, Oh my God, what do I do here? Just in over his head in a terrible, terrible situation. I mean, I'd argue given how this season has gone, he probably has the worst coaching situation in the NHL because he's still got a demanding fan base to answer to, uh, say what you will about Comcast, but they can't be happy about this performance and they're not pounding on the desk like Ed Snyder would, but I'm sure they're not happy about this. And you know, you also have, a, a pretty the media ain't what it used to be here as far as like demanding and having characters and such it's a lot calmer these days but you still have some characters in the philly media to deal with yeah yeah no you do and like it's i, I know yeah things have definitely changed from the media perspective over the last i mean we, we talk about it all the time just how chaotic the entire flyers beat was what like six years ago when we had you know Slam and Sammy. Slam and Tim Sammy. Randy J. Miller. Tim Panaccio. Just some of the, the goats over there. Just unbelievable crew right there. CB. And, CB. Oh my God. Get the Barolo, <laughs> CB. God. I, I do want to read I still this. have, like, select tweets from him saved. And, like, I saw one where it's like, I was the Inquirer's mystery muncher back in 94. Like, stuff like that. Like, I, I, I know. Like, uh, and he tweeted about Dr. Pepper all the time. Like, oh, they're out of Dr. Pepper at the store. What am I going to do? What is he doing now? Where are his whereabouts? Is he, like, I just imagine him living somewhere near the beach and uh, kind of, like, along the shore and just living a life of madness. I bet he's still in Little Russia in Northeast Philly. And yeah. just enjoying the net cost market. <laughs> God. The net cost market for the record is I, I knew I had heard that Panaccio lived in like the, the Bustleton area of Northeast Philly. And there is like a, a like Russian Ukrainian section up there. And there was this market called the net cost market. And I only went in one time and they had a video section with like a black curtain area. So yeah. that's, that's all you need to know about the net cost market. <laughs> It is funny that you mentioned uh, Yo blinking. Like that's a, that's a very Seinfeld observation. Like Jerry, have you seen how he blinks? Because he blinks. He's a, a blinker, lot. Jerry. He, bl- he blinks a lot. He's a big blinker. He blinks blinker. a lot, Jerry. I could see Kramer getting freaked out by how much he blinks, and then like uh, falling back <laughs> a couple feet. Like oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His hair is like Elaine's dating Mike Yo until she realizes how much he blinks. Yeah, it would definitely him. be it would be Elaine's new boyfriend who blinks a lot, and they'd be having a whole conversation. Like he's a big blinker, Elaine. Looks like he's a uh, I don't know. You think he blinks a little too much for her? We just wrote a Seinfeld. That's impressive. We just wrote an entire Seinfeld. We did. Honestly, like, I wish they would. They're never going to bring it back. But man, if they did, there's so much material for it now. There really there is. is. There is. I, I really enjoyed when they did the Curb Your Enthusiasm season a few years ago where they, they built up to the Seinfeld reunion. And I just wish that I could see, like, the full episode that they had in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I just yeah. had one reunion, like, every two years to catch up. Or, like, every five years or something like that to catch up on, like, current events and yeah. see like, what kind of scams George involves, George is involved in. If they can do it with Full House, why not? Why doesn't Netflix jump in there, bring the band back together, and just put together, like, maybe a, 
I don't know, like a six episode little reunion type thing, just to oh, cause Larry just David appease David everybody. Larry yeah, oh, David I'm sure he wouldn't. Him. I'm sure he wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. But and HBO job. is going to renew Curb as long as Larry still wants to make Curb. Yeah. Yeah. How old is yeah. he? Larry's like seventy, isn't he? He's. I don't know how old Larry David is. We're gonna. We're gonna do my favorite. Ask Siri. Hey Siri, how old is Larry David? It didn't read it out loud. Come on, you just thwarted me, Siri. Larry David is seventy-four years old, so he's seventy-four. Seventy-four. That pretty, is pretty, pretty, pretty old. Pretty old. <laughs> pretty old. Yes, he is. Now That's I'm looking at photos of him when he was young, and it's like weird. Oh, it's very weird, and he had that big like poof of hair, and like, but it was still bald. Like he yeah. had a bunch of hair, but he still had a giant bald area in the front. <laughs> God, young Larry David, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's yeah, a great look. Good. Please Google this if you're you're not familiar with how Larry David looked when he was young. It is quite a look right there. It almost doesn't look real. Like I can't imagine him. It's weird imagining him younger than like sixty-five years old. You know, like <laughs> it really is. Like it's, I remember like, telling my dad that there was a Curb season where like Larry's dad was on there, like not his actual dad, but like he had a guy playing his dad. And my right. dad's like, "How old must he be?" And this was like, <laughs> this was like the Dodgers season where like they had the infamous carpool episode where Larry's got to get a lady of the night to use the carpool lane to go to the Dodgers game, and then she insists on going to the game, and then he buys weed for his dad's glaucoma. <laughs> God, it's a great episode, and and that episode got a man convicted of a murder charge. Oh man! There's a documentary. I think it's on Netflix. I forget what it's called offhand, but essentially they have footage of this man at the game, and he used that in a court case to say, "No, I was at this Dodgers game. I couldn't have possibly done this." Yeah. My God. It's a very quick watch, too, if somebody wants to check it out. I think it was like, I want to say it was like 40 to 50 minutes, like very quick watch. I'm going to have to check that out now. That's wild. It is wild. I, I can't even imagine having to use like curb your enthusiasm as like evidence in a court case. <laughs> that would be so weird. <laughs> I feel like Larry David is one of those um, celebrities where like you can't like, like, I don't know. I feel like they were just he was just born in his current form, like Samuel L. Jackson. Like, I feel like when they were born, they just walked out of the womb, dressed how they currently dressed, looking how they currently <laughs> look at the current size that they're at. You know, like, I, I just can't imagine them. Like, imagine Samuel L. Jackson as a baby. That oh, never yeah, happened. Just... That never happened. I'm convinced that he's, like, just kind of perpetually has always been an old man <laughs> you know just came out of the womb and said motherfucker <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no that's exactly what happened i just i can't be convinced otherwise it's a family-friendly program right here let me tell you I, you know i gotta bleep that later i've always bleeped my curses no i curse like a, a ton on this show a ton and i love it so let's it's a flyer <laughs> show you have to it's a flyer show exactly also <laughs> in a, a... <laughs> In another way, it's totally not a flyer show at all. <laughs> we try to avoid it as much as possible. We do, because it's unpleasant. Let me tell you, it will mm -hmm. drive you mad. So, going back to, to Keith Yandel real quick, like, it, I don't care because he's barely been a flyer. He's been a flyer for half a terrible season. He's yeah. been god-awful during that time. This is not a sacred thing to me. And also, Phil Kessel. 
this hot dog eating machine, he's now the Iron Man. He's going to catch up and surpass because nothing can stop Phil Kessel. I don't know why nothing can stop Phil Kessel. And also, he seems like the kind of guy who should have been benched like every other week because coaches always seem to kind of hate him. Yeah, especially in Toronto. Like you would you would imagine that at some point in Toronto fucking was it Babcock was there when he was there, wasn't he? Or did he leave before Babcock joined? I think leave? Babcock was on the wings before. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. I think Kessel got traded to the Penguins before Babcock uh, left the wings for the uh, Maple Leafs or got did he get fired by the wings after like he was there forever. Yeah, I think he got fired by the wings. And because like they missed the playoffs once, they're like, this can't continue. And then they got rid of Mike Babcock. Um, and yeah, so I think, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I think I remember that trade happening like right before Babcock, actually. Is there some sort of statistic as far as Yandel goes, is there some sort sort of t- statistic that shows how many shorthanded goals that a guy has been on the ice for? Because I feel like Keith Yandel has been on the ice for at minimum 10 shorthanded goals. I can tell you right now. Are you talking in his career or just this season? Just this season. Okay. I feel like I fe- I feel like I've seen so many shorthanded opportunities and shorthanded goals where Keith Yandel is just lagging behind, flailing at the puck. And this is the reason that I'm not sad about this streak being broken no. because this is a man who just is he's just not he's cooked. He doesn't have it anymore. Him and DeAndre Jordan should just start the Philadelphia Cooked League because they're both cooked. <laughs> I know. They're terrible. And it's not that like I feel like a lot of people think like I I don't dislike Keith Yandel. Like there's nothing I like I, I like the guy. He's a very likable dude, but he just he's not what he was at all. Well, it's like I saw somebody the other day say like, "Well, Andrew McDonald was a saint." He did so many, and it's like, yeah, Andrew McDonald seemed like a super nice guy. They always said he was phenomenal in the locker room, right? Yeah. But he was a shit hockey player. Yeah. Um. Here it is. Okay. So I have. Oh wait, this can't be right. Oh, <laughs> dude, all right. Say? I'm looking at the wrong thing. Okay, here we go. Okay. So I'm looking at the power play now, and we're gonna see how many goals against Keith Yandel has allowed. Seven. Seven. Seven? He, Keith Yandel has been on the ice for seven shorthanded goals this season alone. I feel like it's bad enough that the Flyers have allowed seven shorthanded goals in a season, because that seems very high to me. I don't know what the average numbers for shorthanded goals allowed are a season, but that seems extraordinarily high. I know they're towards the top of the league. I know they're like one of the top like three teams in terms of like shorthanded goals allowed. Seven. There's a second player who also has been on the ice for the seven shorthanded goals allowed this season. And do you know who that player is? Oh, don't tell me it's the most controversial player in recent Flyers history, Rasmus Ristolainen. (laughs) No, believe it or not, he has only been on the ice for, he has a perfectly, (laughs) this is actually very funny. He has a very, uh, a totally even um, differential. He has two goals against on the power play or on the power play and two goals for on the power play. Honestly, I'm shocked he got enough power play time to get either, but okay, yeah. cool. Uh, I'm going to do one more guess. And then if I don't get it, you will go ahead and tell me. I am going to say, this is a tough one. This is a tough one right here. Is it Travis Konechny? It's not. Good. Although Travis Konechny has been on the ice for six shorthanded goals. Oh, it's close. 
This player is none other than James Van Riemsdyk. Ah, the pigeon. The oh, he's pigeon. A bad year. Bad year. He is God. That contract. He's, he's also in the cooked league. He's very. Oh yeah, he's in the cooked league. All right, he's not having a good time. Um, yeah. Too many cooked. Too many cooked. I do want like what does I? I'm so it infuriates me just knowing that his contract has one more year left because it, I want them to like buy him out. I like the Flyers should buy him out, but I question if they will. And I've seen rumors going around that they're going to tr- like package the first round pick that they got for Claude Giroux to trade James Van Riemsdyk's contract to another team. And that would drive me That would be insane. Awful. That would like, be so bad. I that's I, I've said a few things would make me become the Joker this season, and that's one of the things that would make me become the Joker. Because just buy him out. Just buy him out. What it's would they two do? Years. What would they do with that cap space? Please don't tell me they would sign Kadri to a huge contract. Bring in fucking that out there. Yeah. Like what? Bring in another Volteri Filpola. Like, is that what their plan is? Like, Uh, that that was a very Ron Hextall plan because the Ron Hextall plan was always like, okay, so you take my cap space and bad contract. I'll take this uh, slightly less bad contract for a longer term. And we're all going to be unhappy. (laughs) I'm like, oh my god! It makes me laugh. Like, and I think I really am turning into the Joker now because when I just think of the Flyers and all the moves they made in years past, it like I'm truly amused at the thought process behind it all. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, what kills me is that Hextall actually did eventually clear that cap space, and now the Flyers have none of it between. I know. The yeah. Hayes contracts, the JVR contract, and the Ristolainen contract, which again, uh, I will fully, you know, I have to put that out there. Like two of those contracts are Chuck Fletcher and the JVR contract is Hextall. And, you know, it's a shame it's worked out like that because I was in favor of that. But, you know, it, the guy doesn't play defense. And if he's not scoring, he ain't doing shit. Yeah. I think we talked a little bit about that last week too. Like Hexy really didn't do that bad a job of clearing the, like he did a good job of clearing the cap space. And then, he and Fletcher have kind of like teamed up accidentally to just destroy the whole thing, the whole operation. And it's like, wow, we're back at square one now, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I feel like this off season, it's going to be, I, I feel like that's got to be a priority for them is getting James, James Van Reams like off the books. But like, what if they think, Oh, well, it's just one more year. Let's keep him on. And like, honestly, like I'm they're fine not, not going to be good next year either, you know? So, like, maybe keep him. Maybe keep him for another year. But I, I feel like I, I speak for everybody. To be ideal yeah. so bad next year because it's such a good draft. Like, if you're going to have one year where you just have to have some pain, do it for Bedard. Do it for Bedard! Bad for Bedard. Yeah. <laughs> just be boned for Bedard. Do it. <laughs> That's a better one. Bone oh, my God. Bedard. But less, that, that one's a little <laughs> less family-friendly right there. And... You know, speaking of the guys we're talking about, I know plus minus means almost nothing, but it's very funny to me that the two worst plus minuses on the team are Gandel and Van Riemsdyk. Gandel has a yeah. stunning minus 41, and Van Riemsdyk has a minus 32. And again, I know this means very little, but the fact that Keith Yandel in, let's see, his average time on ice is 14-17 a game. 
has allowed, has been on the ice for like at least 41 more goals allowed than he's been on the ice for. Right. It just boggles the mind. Like he's just, what an amazingly efficient player at being shitty in the time he has been given. (laughs) It really is impressive. And I do want to say like, even though, so I also don't really like plus minus very much. I think it's an overblown stat. Like when someone says, oh, he was minus two on the night. He's a bad player. It's like, no, you're insane. But when you are like minus 30 or like, you know, something like something just crazy bad that like then that I that holds considerable weight. Like if you're minus a ton or you're plus a ton, then either that clearly that signifies that you're driving play well or you're being just destroyed every single night. And that's kind of where <laughs> JVR and Yandel kind of fall in the, uh, in the spectrum. Yeah, and and poor Ronnie Adderd was stuck with Keith Yandel yeah. last night, and this poor kid just had no chance in that game last night. Although he did get his first NHL point, was that uh, an an assist for Adderd? Ultimately, that was an assist for Adderd. I believe it was JVR who got the goal. JVR got the goal. In that <laughs> one. And, uh, he used that Ovechkin like shot. Come on, Mike, oh. yo, you had to say that. God, I was very happy to see Adderd get a point, but I was unhappy to see him struggle defensively, paired with that anchor in Keith Yandel. Again, super nice guy, Mister Sunk, Mister Thank You, but terrible hockey player. And I, I, but you know, what? okay, Adderd's at least getting ice time now getting some experience. I would like to see him with a better partner, but whatever. And then Noah Cates got his first goal last night, which was awesome to see. It was a great goal. Great celebration. I like Noah Cates. He seems to, I don't know. He seems to have some pretty good energy to him. Like he's definitely got some, some flaws to work out, but it's like his second game. Like what are you going to do? So. I mean, you need people to, as we were saying last week, like you need people to fill out the lineup. You need people everywhere. And if he can be a bottom six player for this team, I'm super happy about it. Yeah. Like, at this point, this is what it's all about. Like, let let some of the younger guys play and let them make mistakes. What's going to happen? They're going to lose? Cool. Like, <laughs> we want that now. So, like, let, let them go out there, learn from their mistakes, and just kind of take it from there. And I'm glad that they're, that, you know, some of these guys are getting that opportunity. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be tough to really get to the bottom of the standings right now because the Devils just lost their best player in Jack Hughes. So, without Jack Hughes, I mean, th- that team might really, really be even more putrid somehow. The Devils are always just in the way of the Flyers. Like, even when it comes to being bad. Like, a couple years ago, they got the number one pick in the draft. Flyers got number two, and they ended up with Nolan Patrick. And now this year, they're trying, the Flyers are, I I mean, it feels like the Flyers are trying to be as bad as possible this year to end the season. And now the Devils are somehow being even worse. And I don't even know if they're trying to do it. I think they're just a terrible team. And now that they lost Jack Hughes, it's just like, it's a foregone conclusion that they're just a dumpster fire. So they're just they're definitely not trying to do it because they won another off season in signing Dougie <laughs> Hamilton. Like that seemed like I actually was very pissed. They signed Dougie because I thought that was a great signing. I wanted Dougie here and they signed him and, it's not that he's been bad. It's just that he's like one of the only good pieces on this team. Offseason champs, baby. Of what, three years and running at this point? Like, <laughs> I think so. What a, what a weird franchise they are. And they also, the Rangers have lucked out with their young talent. Maybe not so much with like Capo Caco, but like some of the other guys have, and actually Lafreniere hasn't really impressed yet, but like 
Hughes is pop for the Devils. He sure has been pretty good, but maybe not, you know, first overall pick. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The, the, that draft is so frustrating because really the, the Flyers and Devils, there were the no brainer one, two picks. And really they were probably the worst of the top five. So yeah. Like the, like the next five players after those two have all ended up being outstanding. Yeah. McCarr might be an all timer already. Um, yeah. Was he, Pedersen. he was in there, right? Yeah, Heiskinen, Pedersen. Heiskinen apparently was the guy that the Flyers wanted. Makar and Heiskinen. Yeah, apparently those are the two guys that, uh, according to, to, to Bob Clark, that's that's what the plan was. But the scouts Clark. and and Ron Hextall. Well, he locked his door. You can't get through those locked doors. No, you can't. No. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking <locked laughs> door. Oh, my God. <sighs> well... Keith Yandel, I'm sorry your streak got broken, but, uh, you know, it was time, bud, and uh, best of luck in whatever the next leg of your career is. I have no idea what that'll be. Maybe the Panthers will take you back yeah. after they win their, their cup with Claude Giroux. I don't know. That's, well, you, you that's know what? Let an me, interesting I, saga to follow right now, actually. I do want to ask. So he was going to lose the streak anyway, because it feels like Phil Kessler, who I, I do want to say he is just a marvel in terms of physique as a professional athlete like he looks like a professional fisherman but he's out here skating like 25 miles an hour on the ice and in you know netting goal i know he's not what he was but um he will stop at nothing to break this record and he's going to like the other night when he i think um his wife was having a baby and he like took the ice for one shift i think he played like 20 seconds left the game flew home to be there for the birth of his child and then rejoin the team to keep the streak alive. And it's just like, you can make an argument about whether that that's fair or not. It's a like it's, it's very it's a manufactured. Bullshit. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, he's going to break it. He's clearly going to break it. So, you know, nothing can stop this hot dog powered robot of a man. <laughs> he will stop at nothing until domination nothing. is his. You know, and then when he retires eventually and goes into the professional hot dog eating circuit, and <laughs> who's who's the big guy who always does the the Coney Island one? Who always wins that? Uh, Joey Chestnut. Kind of Joey Chestnut. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. When he finally dethrones Joey Chestnut, <laughs> I'm convinced this is what's going to happen. Like post career, Phil Kessel is just going to eat hot dogs professionally, and he's going to love it. And then he's afterwards, he's going to celebrate by watching Ocean's Eleven in his one seat theater in his house. Wait, is this a thing? I have not heard about this. So, oh, God. So he shared a photo, or someone shared a photo of Phil Kessel's house. And he has like this finished basement type thing. And there's this gigantic like home theater room with a big screen and everything. And there, it's a huge room. And there's one chair in it. And it's, it's like dead center. <laughs> yes. And it's like, it's, it, it is so the embodiment of Phil Kessel as a person. And <laughs> it's just. That makes like Tony Soprano's home theater seem like an actual movie theater. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, all right. You, we're going to do this live. We're doing it live. I'm sending this to you um, in the chat so you can react to it like in, in person. <laughs> It's Excellent. just such a funny photo. All right, here we go. I'm sending it to you right now. I I can't believe I haven't seen this. I thought I'd seen every funny Phil Kessel thing there was out there. Oh my god, this is amazing! It's these white walls. It's not even like it's not even like a big recliner. It's like one like captain's chair. Yeah, that's it. 
Like he's commanding the USS Enterprise. Like that's like they sell those recliners at Walmart for like fifty dollars. Yeah, this is such a janky ass like <laughs> home theater setup. He's got the bar which has nothing on it. It's literally <laughs> just a bar. Like there's no there. there's no beverages. There's not even like a, a popcorn machine like Tony Soprano had. There's none of that. It's just one chair and the the screen's not even that big. It could be the size of the wall with the money that Phil Kessel makes, but no, it's like most of the wall. It's a pretty big screen. Oh, that's weird. It's very odd. And then he has like those little steps that kind of go down, which like kind of, yeah, I don't know why that's there. Um, I want to know what that little picture in the the far corner is. I I can't really tell. Let me see if I can get like a higher. Maybe he framed like his contract for life that he's been playing off of. Yeah. Let's see. I want to try and get a. Uh... <laughs> I want to try and get a good look, but it's impossible. <laughs> when was the last time Phil Kessel signed a new contract? Oh man, I think is he, I think he actually might be. Is he a free agent this offseason? <laughs> wow, Steve, hold on. Or it's it's not done. This isn't finished. There's another okay. angle. That's great. I'm excited. Boom. There we go. Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> that is. Oh, and I can think now. Setup. I see what that painting or that thing is. It's the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Godfather poster. It's a Godfather poster, but the Godfather portion of the poster only makes up like half of it. Yeah, and the bottom half is either all credits or is it the script? I don't know. And then there's, is there like a menu on the wall over there? It's so <laughs> it weird. Like, it's the weirdest house of all time. It's one captain's chair with a blanket. There's not even anywhere to prop up your legs. Like there's not an ottoman, nothing. What's that black box in the, oh, that's probably the sound speaker. Yeah, I would oh think. Oh my God, this is, maybe that's the ottoman. <laughs> oh God, he would do it. No, it's probably, it's probably the, uh, yeah, it's probably part of the speaker. Yeah. Oh my God. That is a weird setup. I don't <laughs> understand this at all. Freshly vacuumed? Freshly vacuumed. That's for sure. You, you know, Phil's got to keep his toes in top shape. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Clearly. Yeah. He needs that plush carpet right there. Oh my God. What a weird guy. Let's see when the last time Phil Kessel signed an NHL contract was because it, Let's see. Phil Kessel. Here we go. Uh, no, I do not want to add answer this uh, this survey that came up. No, thank you. Because he was traded from Toronto to... Oh, excuse me, from uh, Pittsburgh to Arizona. So let's see. Okay. So, all right. So the last contract he signed... He's about to be a free agent. In, before 2014-15 for eight mil a year. And yes, he is about to be a free agent. Now, I, I am pushing for the Flyers to sign him to one year... And let's just, let's make it weird and break his Iron Man streak too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so funny. Like, oh man, now, now that you said it that way, like I need that to happen. I really do. It would just, it would be so fun. Like, why not? Just be the Let's sh- just keep breaking hearts. Let's piss yeah. the entire league off. That's actually how you do Broad Street Bullies in 2022. Exactly. Bully yeah. older players into yeah. breaking their Iron Man streaks. You don't bully hearts. players on the ice. You bully them off the ice by making them, uh, you know, not achieve their goals. So it's, I feel like, I feel like Phil Kessel would, that would be fun as hell if they signed him to just a one-year deal. And 
let what happens happens. Let the chips fall where they may. And it's, oh man, that would be a lot of fun. You, you scratch him. This is how you make it up to Keith Yandel. <laughs> you scratch him at 988 games. <laughs> oh god 988 or at like 999 or something like that <laughs> well, no, no, because not you have to make it up to keith yandel by scratching yeah. him right before keith yandel right. <laughs> sorry song oh my god that, that would be honestly let's go full heel let's just <laughs> piss everybody off i'm in at this point you know i, I just the what if they scratched him at Life 989? Oh my what if God. they yeah, got Phil? Have them all tied. <laughs> tied for it. So there's, they have to, yeah, they have to share the record. They, they didn't even get the glory of standing alone. <laughs> well, fellas, you can share, right? <laughs> oh my That'd God. So that's good. how you piss everybody off. That's <laughs> really how you do it. And that's, I, I love it. Full heel turn for the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm in. At this point, they just need to be like the shit posters in the NHL. I feel like if they're going to be bad, you might as well just <laughs> you might as well piss everybody off. And I'm here for it. Absolutely here for it. Let's do it. Yes. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks. Well, guess what? We're out of topics for this week because I kind of just tossed this together on a Tuesday and I decided let's make it a mailbag week. We haven't done a mailbag in a while. Let's get to your questions. We actually got a fair amount of questions for once. Uh, We got a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten, we we actually usually get a decent amount of questions when we do mailbags, but uh, number one, it's been a while since we had one. And number two. It's, uh, I don't know. I guess I just put it out, gave people enough notice instead of like two hours or whatever. And, uh, we got a, a good amount of questions. So I'm excited to get into it. First up, South of Kevin said, how fares the beard maintenance? So Ryan, you had some questions about what the hell this meant. <laughs> and 
I have your answers here. So Kevin is a longtime friend of the show right here. And he called in when we did a green room a few weeks ago, or he actually didn't call in. He said in the chat, uh, I was talking about having some difficulty with the upgrade in masks uh, because with when Omicron became a thing, uh, the KN95 became more of the go-to mask. And I was saying that I was having problems wearing it because my beard would bunch up under it. And, you know, I don't have the, the longest beard or anything, but it still would get kind of painful. And Kevin gave a great tip to use beard oil pretty regularly. And I've been doing that and it's working out wonderfully. I don't feel discomfort anymore. I had to return to the office in January and I been one of the people who's still holding on to wearing the mask. I know not everybody, you know, there's differing opinions on that and everything. My choice is to continue to wear it. And the beard oil has helped tremendously in wearing that around the office. So thank you for that tip, Kevin. Nice. Next question. He said, and I guess sticking to hockey with a vomit emoji, what do you want <laughs> to see? Who do you want to see on this team next season, whether it's UFA or trade, keep it somewhat reasonable, but you can pie in the sky too. If you want, I guess. So who do we want to be on the Philadelphia Flyers next season? And this is an interesting question because like the first thought I have in my head is Claude Giroux. I know. Yeah. You know, I'm of two minds on that one because I love Claude. He is, he's my captain. He's our captain. He'll always be our captain. I loved watching him in that Panthers game last night, even if it was a little bit painful and awkward, but that Panthers Leafs game last night, by the way, was, that was so tremendous. Fun. Yeah. I want seven games of that. Give just inject it into me. I do like I want to see him come back, but you're right. He he needs to stay on a contender like the uh the Ottawa Senators, for example. Like he needs to, you know he needs to go to where he's gonna win the cup. Nearby Hurst. Nearby yeah, Hurst. I would well, <laughs> I also just kind of like my thing is, I, I kind of feel like the Flyers need to turn the page, too. I think they really need to invest in younger talent. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, Just it's... need to up the speed, up the skill. Not that Claude Giroux isn't faster skilled, but, like, I want to start a new generation. I want to start a new chapter in the Philadelphia Flyers, and, and this is a, a, a key part to kind of move along on and not bring him back. So. Yeah, let's it, kind of, let's, let's count out Claude Giroux for a guy to come back. I think it's, it's going to sound a little weird to say that, and it feels weird saying this because right now it's just like being you know liking the Flyers. It's a lot of anguish and just not not it's not fun at all right now. But this is like kind of an exciting time in a weird way because it's just like it's the beginning of something new, and like one day when the Flyers do have like their young core of really good players and they're good again, like we're going to look back on this and be like, that's what the whole, like, this is like the start of the 76ers process type thing. You know, like it's, it's all, it's kind of exciting if you're looking forward, if you're looking at it from like a futures perspective, but right now, yeah. obviously it's, it's just terrible. Yeah. It's agonizing. <laughs> right. and, and it's terrible. And it's also difficult because you do have those in-betweeners. You have guys like Farabee and yeah. Konechny and Sanheim guys who are, are good, but you know, they're not necessarily, the the keystones to your your next generation maybe Farabee yeah, yeah like they're all good players that I like a lot but they're not necessarily like superstars they're not necessarily the guys to to move forward and be the cornerstones of the franchise moving forward so we'll see on that but the the interesting question is so like let's say we do want to say fuck it on the retool and and do it live and do it live and just really go out and get some players like some of the guys. I've seen out there 
Johnny Gaudreau is a huge name. I love Johnny Hockey. He's having a phenomenal year. He's a great hockey player. Obviously, he's a local boy, as you may have heard once or a million times. Not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know that. It's a very unknown fact right here. Yeah. Love to see Johnny Hockey here. I don't know yeah, how you make be- it work with the cap, but... And I don't know if it's worth his time to come here. Maybe maybe if Calgary goes all the way this year, he's satisfied. And then he can go play home. Like Claude Giroux, maybe he'll win his cup and he'll just go play in Ottawa and be happy for the rest of his days. But I would love to see at least a guy of that, that talent level come yeah. here. That'd be amazing. If I'm pieing in the sky. Now, if I'm being realistic, I kind of don't want them to sign anyone. And I kind of just want them to right, move yeah. with who they have for a year. And then... After you get Bedard through, I don't know, the hockey gods <laughs> owing us for the past, uh, what, 40 years of pain, 50 years of Several pain. decades. <laughs> yeah, the last several decades of pain when we get Bedard, that's when you revamp and go for it. But I don't know who I really want out there. Like, I've seen Kadri's name thrown around, and I like Nazim Kadri a lot. He's a, a really, really talented hockey player. I think he's going to get overpaid on this next. He's contract. going to get way overpaid, and I love like I would. It's a shame because like I would love Kadri on the Flyers at like a reasonable contract, but he's going to get like eight or nine mil or something insane, and it's going to have term too, and it's going to be it's just going to be an, it's going to be like an Eric Carlson type contract. It's going to be so bad. Um, so I I don't know. I, I would like to see him, but you do. You're right. That that contract is going to be insane. Um, you know who else I would like? So you mentioned like Goudreau. I feel like if they can't get Goudreau, but they still want to get like a like a known goal scorer, Philip Forsberg's out there too. And I like Philip Forsberg. I'd be down for that. I really like Forsberg a lot. I actually have all right. So I actually have a couple names here that I'm thinking of immediately. So Phil, Philip Forsberg, Riley Smith. I have a soft spot for because. For those of you who don't know, I covered the Golden Knights for a few years. I lived out in Las Vegas covering the team. He is, like, he's a really, really good 200-foot player, which the Flyers clearly love. He's great on the penalty kill, but he's got a hell of a shot, and he can score lots of goals. Um, that line he formed with William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault was just killer out in Vegas. And um, I think with the right guy, he could form a pretty dangerous line in Philly if he were to join. Um and then another pending UFA is Vincent Trocek. And I've always liked him a lot, too. Um, I know he's a little bit older. I think he's, like, about to turn 29 years old or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I like Trocek a lot. And I feel like he's someone that could uh, bring a little bit of a spark to the Flyers. And I know he's got a little bit of a – I don't want to say mean streak because that is overplaying it. But he's definitely – he's not afraid to – back down from anybody he's definitely got a bit of an attitude to him too but steve i'll tell you one thing there's one player who's a pending ufa this offseason who the flyers he would change all of their problems defensively and his name is none other he's he's very difficult to play against robert body bag hag Body <laughs> Bring him home, baby. Bring him Bring home him to home. Philadelphia. <laughs> did he take a bad penalty last night, which led to the tying goal in the Panthers-Leafs game? <laughs> I think he did. The king of the micro hits. Jesus Christ. God, I do yeah. not want to see him back here. Good yeah, Lord. I would love nothing more than for him to never be seen in the Flyers arena ever again. Now, there is a name that you brought up to me just before we started recording today that is on this pending 
uh, free agent list right here that I think is a, a very intriguing name for Flyers fans in particular. And whenever I think of this name, I think of a, a very old hockey commercial where it said, what's the sound of the puck hitting the back of the net? Kachuk. <laughs> I've not seen that commercial. What is that? Oh, for? it's from the nineties or some shit because it, Keith Kachuk, Huge player back in the 90s. The yeah, yeah. Coyotes, the Blues, like a big player. And I think it was an NHL video game that they used that for. And I have never forgotten that one. I might have made it up at this point, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. But Matthew Kachuk is out there. He's having a great year. He's got 85 points for the Flames this year. And is he an RFA or a... He's an RFA next year. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know how you can make that work, but I think he would be a wildly popular player for the Philadelphia Flyers. Offer sheet season, baby. Let's get going. Let's go I would love to offer sheet. Let's go nuts. Paul Holmgren did it one time and screwed over two franchises. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. It was so much fun. I, I don't know. I feel like, like, what do the Flyers have to lose? Nothing. Go for it. Make some offer sheets. Uh, throw them out there. Um, and yeah, we were talking about uh, Kachuk before the show and like, I actually wanted to save him for late because I think there's another question kind of similar um, about like who's your your dream scenario. I I would dude Kachuk would be so fun and he would own this city. He would absolutely crush it in Philadelphia. One, he's good. He's tough. He's got a personality. He's fun. Um, I don't know. I, I think he would be so. He would be just such a flyer. Like you guys always talk about. Well. Pretty much the Broad Street Hockey in general, we talk about like the flyeriest non flyers. He's like such a perfect one, you know? So I feel like uh, it's time to rectify that situation and bring him, bring him to the orange and black. Bring him home. <laughs> bring him home. You bring him home. Belongs here. Bring him home. Forget yeah, Johnny Goudreau. We're talking about the other flame now. It's the other flame we want. In. You know yeah. what? I don't know. I don't know who we have to like beg borrow or steal to get rid of all these bad contracts but let's bring both those guys in let's just be the calgary flames yeah uh i don't know how that happens but become calgary flames east yeah pretty much i like that we've by the way discussed like the top four point scorers on the the pending free agents list here <laughs> i know <laughs> i mean that's i that's who you want to bring in uh the next one's up are jesper brett and jason robertson who are rfas but i'm not sure that's really like blow your bank for either i like both those players but i'm not sure i'll blow my bank for either of them and then fiala's on there and then uh this would be okay so if you want to talk spite moves you know we talked about curb earlier we talked about larry david and uh, larry david in recent season had the spite store i'm all about the spite move especially for a one-year deal and i like ruining Penguins fans' memories of their <laughs> beloved players. One of my favorite moments in the past 15 years of Flyers hockey was signing Yaramir Yager because it pissed off Penguins fans so badly. So, on that note, Christopher Letang, Christopher bring him Letang. here. Bring him to Philadelphia for one year. Overpay him for one year, our tank year. I want to just ruin that image for Penguins fans. Let's piss them off. Let's bring in the whole gang. Let's bring in Kessel. Let's bring in Latang. All one-year deals. Let's piss them off. Let's get them. I think get Malkin's Malkin. a free agent. Malkin too. Let's get them yeah. all. Let's bring the whole trio in. This is we're talking about trolling the league right now. This is how you troll one team in particular, the Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins. Let's piss them off. Just to just to kind of smudge their reputation amongst Penguins fans. It'd be great. I think that's worth every single penny. Every penny. 
Is there anybody else you can think of offhand? I'm also fine coming back to this later because you said there is a similar question later on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there are a couple others. Um, mainly, it's like trying to keep it realistic. I do love Riley Smith. I do love uh, Vincent Trocek. But yeah, I know that, you know, those they're not quite the players they were. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like those are some realistic options that the Flyers could be. Maybe they'd be behooved to buy them in the offseason. So we'll see. Do you think Dylan Strom could get Matthew Strom to skate? I don't think that's possible for any of them. <laughs> 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 yeah, let's get the, you know what? Let's just get the whole Strom family tree in. Let's trade right, for uh, Ryan Strom, Dylan Strom. Get Matthew Strom up here. Why, you know what? Why bother getting him, getting him a, like a tune up? Just throw him right into the fire. Get the make a line of the Stroms, the Strom line, and uh, I don't know what could go the flying wrong. Flying Stroms, the Flying Stroms, it'd be great. <laughs> oh man! All right, next question is from Emily E M Calf. This is this one was a, a sobering question right here. Yeah, it was. Where do you see Flape in five years? <laughs> is this dependent on the Flyers' success? And I, I, five years just seems like so far away to me. You know, it, it, I always, I, I'm kind of reminded of the old Conan O'Brien, like in the year 2000. <laughs> yeah. And this kind of reminds me of that. I, I can't even fathom the year 2027. That's just insane to me. I'll be in my forties, which is weird to think about. So if you're asking if Flake will exist in five years, I have absolutely no idea, but <laughs> Let's say that we don't know if the human race will be around in five years. <laughs> that's a fair assessment right there. But where do I? Okay. So yes, uh, flight is dependent. I think in a, a way on the flyer success, because of it, if this fan base keeps being as miserable as they have been, I'm not sure I can keep this going for another right, five yeah. years, but let's say there's at least moderate flyer success. And uh, I, I love doing the show. I yeah, absolutely yeah. adore doing it. That's why I continue to do it. I have a blast doing it. And I hope that comes through for the people listening. I just, this is one of my favorite things to do in this world is doing this podcast. So I would very much like to be doing it in five years. We'll see if I still have the time and attention span for that, but I would like to be doing it now. Where, how do I see the show being in five years? Is That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I feel like with flight purple, like it's, like the show may like change who knows the the name of the show could change at some point for whatever reason but like for the most part i feel like this show will it will live on for five years and there there could be changes but it'll like basically be the embodiment of what people have become familiar with now like that's what i feel like will end up happening but who knows I think the name to the show will change over my cold dead body because I feel like this, <laughs> the name to the show is the best idea I've ever had in my life. It's a great <laughs> name. It's a terrific name. It's like the proudest thing I am is just coming up with the title of this podcast, which initially started as a I came up with the name and I used it as a trade rumor column on Flyers Faithful back in the day. And then I was like, then Flyers Faithful got sold and I was like, well. Maybe I'll use it as a podcast name. And I called it the Fly Purple cast for a bit. And then I said, no, this is stupid. I should just call the podcast Fly Purple. And here we are. Uh, so I wonder if in the next few years, though, because this show is, has morphed into a hybrid hockey show, uh, new metal from 2000s talk <laughs> show, and just like 
I love to make it goofy. I, I wonder if it will morph further into a a kind of hockey like morning talk show like uh what's the uh the term that they use for like morning shows on the radio where it's like the uh the morning zoo so like will yeah, this yeah. continue to morph into more more of a morning zoo i hope so in fact i hope i magically find a way to be doing this full time five days a week because i would love nothing more than that as somebody who studied broadcasting in college and wanted to be on the radio at some point in his life like that's what i would love so I think this show might actually morph into a crazier show in the next five years, but there's only one way to find out. So let's uh, put ourselves into cryogenic freeze and go into the future. Let's do it. I'm ready to roll. What's going to happen if I go into cryogenic freeze? I guess it can't. People will be anxiously waiting (laughs) for you to come out. I don't think anybody will remember this exists. (laughs) People barely know now. I will be anxiously waiting, Steve. That's the important thing. And then then my my frozen body, my preserved body, will finally be uh, somewhat similar in age to the rest of the crew because, as we all know, I am the old man yelling at the cloud of the BSH crew. If it makes you feel better, I thought you were, like, 27 years old. I just have that energy about me. Yeah. You have a very youthful hue to you. Thank you. I try my best. And it's also the the beard grooming tips that I get from (laughs) Kevin. Yeah, that helps a lot, too. Next question, Benjamin Molusky, and I apologize if I pronounced that wrong, but to toss my piece of trash in, Morgan Frost is is an RFA. Until recently, he hasn't done much. What do we think his next contract looks like in term and cap hit? So, Ben, I think Morgan Frost, as disappointing as he has been, is going to get, like, a very short-term, like, prove-it deal, maybe, like three years at a million, three years at 900,000, something like that. So, something pretty short, something pretty low cost, but to, to keep him in there as at minimum a bottom, you know, six NHL player, that's perfectly fine by me. You need guys to play the game. And you know what? He's still young. He could still put something together. And I would be perfectly content if Morgan Frost just would become like a third line, like guy you can put together, like, I don't know, 40 points. That would be nice. Yeah. If he ends up being a three C at all, like filling that, that's useful. Like that's an important role. Like that'd be great if he could fill that role. But um, I like, I just want to know that he's an NHL player at this point, because like, there's not really a ton of evidence to back that up. Um, yeah, I feel like I agree. I feel like he's going to get like some sort of prove it deal and it'll be like, I don't know, two years, like 1.2 million or something like that. And then you go on, you revisit it like a couple years later. So I feel like yeah, so, something yeah. similar to what they gave Nolan Patrick and eventually traded Nolan Patrick for yeah. the, the, the idea of Ryan Ellis. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I sh- again, we, we've talked about that trade a lot. I still think that was a good, like, a very good trade for Flyers. They just need him to be healthy, which, like, who knows if that'll ever happen. But Yeah, you, you traded one unhealthy guy for... You traded one unhealthy guy and one underachieving guy. Well, one guy who was underachieving and unhealthy yeah. and an underachieving guy for a fantastic player who cannot stay healthy. And I, you know what? I'll take those, like, three, four games of Ryan Ellis every time. Because Always. Nolan Patrick's barely played for Vegas. And... 
Phil Myers is in the is he in the minors now? I know he's in the minors a couple weeks ago. I know he scored against the Flyers. <laughs> he did, and then he was immediately put on waivers the next yeah. day. <laughs> they brought him back just for that game. They had him play. They're like, all right, this is it. This is your time. And then he scored. And then they're like, all right, you did you did your part. Time to go back to the minors. You know, I wish I had put money on that one. Jeez, I put money on Jake uh, scoring last night, and it did not happen. And uh, shock because it'll happen Thursday on the season. It'll happen Thursday night in game two, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Next question. Uncle Tuan said, what exactly does future considerations entail? Do the Coyotes owe us for giving them picks and their highest scoring defensemen? Can that include taking JVR off the Flyers books? So this is an interesting one because, yes, future considerations is such bullshit. Like, that's pretty much to just say this isn't a trade for nothing, but it is. Now... Yeah, I think the Coyotes owe us big time, and I think they should just take JVR's contract without any qualms whatsoever. And they need somebody to replace Phil Kessel when he signs for, like, $5 over with a contender. Didn't Chris Drury get traded for, like, a dollar or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was like a weird, and it was like a future consideration type situation. Um, I, I feel like that would be very very coyotes too to take on another bad con because it seems like it seems like that's just kind of the wasteland arizona is for like bad contracts you have you remember nick grossman nick grossman's oh, contract got traded there uh marion chris, chris pronger why not throw jvr's contract in there too like it would be perfect louis erickson's there now like it it just makes too much sense for jvr to go to arizona and oh for them God. to take imagine his imagine a line with louis erickson and jvr on it that would be beautiful. I mean, you can't you can't ask for a better line. I mean, that's just the the league would be in fear. Who's like who's the perfect center that's like a washed up center that we? I'm trying to think about that, that too. Line? There, there's definitely like a perfect name out there, like maybe like Eric Stahl or somebody. But he doesn't have a <laughs> that, bad contract. He's yeah, he's not even in the NHL right. Who's like got a really bad contract? Okay, here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go through. All right, you you, you find that out. We're gonna come back to that. But yeah. uh, last thing I'll say on that front is just the Coyotes absolutely owe us, so they should just take JVR's contract without any qualms or any picks. Okay, we cannot give this franchise any more picks to take our contracts, and it's only two years. Okay, it's only two years at seven mil. They can make it work in their five thousand seat arena they're moving into. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so sick and tired of the Coyotes. Let me tell you. Huh. All right, you're, you're looking that up. I'm going to move to the next question, which is from Philly Guy 818 What kind of message should I write on a poster board for pregame warm-ups in Columbus on Thursday? And then he says, unfortunately, I live in Columbus. <laughs> that is unfortunate. You should write, your poster should 100% be, Mike Sealski says hi, Jake. <laughs> That would be so, that would be, he would react to it too. I'm sure he would. That is so good. Oh my God. That has to be it. If you, if you have, or like Mike Sielski sends his regards. (laughs) That's the sign right there. If you make that sign and Voracek like reacts to that, I. You're a legend. I'll tell you what. I will send you a, a flape sticker pack if that happens, okay? Out of my own pocket, I'll make it happen. 
That would be so incredible. And like, I feel like Jake, I feel like he would respond to it too. I really yeah. do. I think he, he might give you the finger and it's going to be hilarious if that happens. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he would know that it's a joke and he would like kind of laugh at it. But I mean, wow, that would be, that would be something special. I mean, the guy who retweeted Charlie and said, are you shitting me? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to joke. So here's an interesting name to, to, to kind of, you know, fill center on that dream line. Um, Louis, Louis Erickson, who was the other winger we were just talking about? Oh, JVR. JVR. Louis Erickson, JVR, maybe Sam Gagne. Ooh, another or, ex-flyer right there. Here's an even better one. Um, I just had him. And I just lost him. This is the worst. Let me go. Let me find him again. Somebody on the Red Wings? Uh, someone on the... Oh, Charlie Coyle. Oh, that's an interesting one. He's he's definitely overpaid for sure. Okay. Oh! Yeah, a couple names. Oh, you got one? Oh, or... Let me make sure I'm looking at this right. Oh, baby. I'm pretty... Oh, he's not a center. I keep thinking he's a center. I was going to say Dustin Brown. You know what? No, I'm in for it. I'm in for it. The line that the Coyotes <laughs> need to build is Dustin Brown, JVR, and Louis Erickson. They can figure out who plays center. It's no big deal because the games don't matter for the Coyotes. No, okay? They're not, not playing anymore. to win. They're, they're playing to exist and carry Beckman money. Arena. Yeah, to have a foothold in the Phoenix area. That's all they play for. That's all that matters for the Arizona Coyotes. What a franchise. It's a shame because I do love the Coyotes. Like, I love their uniforms. I love their logo. Like, Arizona is a beautiful state. I love going down there. It's a shame that, that, that their hockey team is just kind of an embarrassment. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, they have great logo. Like, I love, love the Kachina uniforms. They are yeah. unbelievably cool uniforms. Like, there is nothing else like it in the sport of hockey. And I want more people to have these like crazy uniforms. Like they look like ponchos and I love it. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they, they really do. do. They, they, they look like grade a drug rugs. I love them. <laughs> Next question. Jimothy Swagger 15 has a question for bourbon. Steve, which is unfortunate because I'm recording this in the middle of the day and bourbon. Steve cannot come out to play yet. Maybe <laughs> he can answer this question on Friday, but uh, Phil's opener. I am going to be feeling good that day. Let me tell you, but Jimothy Swagger said this July 4th, will we finally get to take the bald Eagle for a spin? I need a nice slow ride. <laughs> Hashtag recall jokes. Hashtag total recall, total recall, two weeks. Hashtag America. And this would be referencing for people who might be newer listeners or something. A couple years back, Craig, I asked Craig what he was doing for the 4th of July. And Craig said that he was going to take his bald eagle for a ride and all that fun stuff. That was a great intro. Listen to Fog Hat. Yeah. Slow down. Take it easy. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that's a great callback there. And uh, thank you for reminding me of that. Wow. Uh, Jim Bob Jedediah <laughs> over there. Uh, yes, the, the Craigster... You know, he, well, he can't leave his bald eagle alone for too long. And if you've watched Peacemaker, you know how temperamental bald eagles can get without people giving them the proper care. Yeah. No, they can get a little feisty. Remember when, like, the bald eagle, like, attacked Donald Trump in the White House? <laughs> <laughs> it was so right. good. 
it, well, we all know it was the, the greatest bald eagle you've ever seen, the best bald eagle, the tremendous bald eagle. He knew the assignment. <laughs> he knew the assignment. What a hero that bald <laughs> he eagle knew was, the let me tell you. Yeah. Huge hero that bald eagle was. Next question, Cooper Barnes, Cooper Loop, zero, zero. What stadium snack needs to be bought, ba- brought back, in your opinion? I really won't get over the chop- chocolate-dipped cones where the lady used to screech walking down the concourse. <laughs> Cooper, I don't remember this at all, but that sounds delicious. <laughs> I love it. Like, so stadium snacks, I, I'm not really sure what needs to be brought back because I, I tend to stick in like very specific categories of stadium snacks. And like my go-to tends to be, well, it's not that much anymore because I've, I've reached new standards of nachos. But as a kid, I always liked the nachos with the nacho cheese cup, just the like terrible terrible tortilla chips the round ones the very generic ones i loved them as a kid nowadays i I won't touch that shit but um you know and i might even be thinking just a baseball here but like we would get a lot of like crunch and munch and like peanuts and shit my go-to these days i mean if i'm gonna like right now at the wells fargo center if i'm gonna spend the money for a stadium snack I'll go and I'll just get like the full on like Delco steak because it's actually not that much of a difference from buying a cheese steak outside of the stadium anymore. And that's probably the best quality I'm going to get in there. It, it, Ryan, do you have any favorite stadium snacks here? And I apologize to Cooper. I just don't have a better answer on this one. I can't really answer it either because unfortunately this is going to sound insane for a lot of you guys, but I have never been, I've only, the only like sporting events I've seen in Philadelphia are two Eagles games. I've never oh, been wow. to a Flyers game in Philly. I've never been to a Phillies game in Philly. Never seen an NBA game at all. Well, we'll have to change all of that for sure. That's going to change very soon. Like I fact, have got you to see. Just drive up this weekend. You could probably do all three, right? I legit am very cool. Like I might just bite the bullet and go see the Sixers in the playoffs. Like I might I'll, blow a thousand. I'll tell you what, man. For you do that. <laughs> I'll go right there with you. I'll hundred percent go Dude, with you if that's I'm serious. so ready to go. Like I have to see Joel Embiid in his prime. Like I've never seen I will person. hate myself. I've for never it. seen that. Yeah. So okay, but he's, he's as amazing. far as like snacks you've had, right? Snacks you've had and I would like to I have an Embiid thing I want to mention before we sign off today. But right, yeah. snacks you've had at other stadiums and other sporting events. Like what what's your, your favorite there? And maybe we could incorporate that to Philadelphia. I'm just so I'm so plain Jane with my snack. Like whenever I go to like in a, I always just get like you know just a hot dog or like a soft pretzel. But like, I like I never really get too experimental and get like the the unique stuff to that stadium. And it might just be because like the stadiums I go to just don't they're not really known for having like like a staple food. You know what I mean? Like Philly has a really interesting food scene and. Like, D.C. does not at all. And I go to a lot of games up in D.C. And down in North Carolina, there's not a ton. Although I will say, they do have some good barbecue down there at uh, PNC Arena where the Hurricanes play. Like, they do some, like, outdoor stuff. And they'll have, like, these little trucks in it. Actually, this is kind of off topic. But I do want to say, like, the Hurricanes Arena is, like, really fun to go to. Because there's a lot of, like, there's a ton of room for tailgating because it's right next door to NC State Stadium. And so you can like tailgate there, especially if it's like a nice April day, like towards the end of the regular season. A um, lot of fun tailgating there. And they have a lot of good food out there too. So some barbecue. I would like to see some barbecue up in uh, up in Philly. But again, I know barbecue is more of a Southern thing. 
we have some decent barbecue in Philly, though. Like, there's yeah. there's a couple good spots. Uh, shout out to my favorite, which is Mike's Barbecue in South Philly, which makes like they make a brisket cheesesteak, which is just the the greatest. It is you need to take a, a nice nap after eating that, though, because that is a, a hearty boy right there. Yeah. Yeah, no. It can, that's one of those foods where, like, you have to be in the mood for barbecue. You can't just be like, am I hungry? No, but I could go get for some barbecue. You know what I mean? Like, you have to. Uh, but yeah. I, I could eat barbecue every day. It's my it's really? probably my favorite food. And I it it's it's one that, like, you shouldn't eat every day because you'll probably die uh, very quickly. I was going to say, like, that's how I feel about pizza. It's like I can eat it whenever. And it's just like it's honestly unhealthy. It's insane. It's true. Oh, I I just literally I couldn't literally eat barbecue every day, but yeah. I always think about barbecue. It's one of the like top foods for me that I think about just like getting whenever I can. And th- there are some decent barbecue places now in the Wells Fargo Center. Not really, at least off the top of my head, not really any good places to get barbecue. And Phillies, you have Bulls Barbecue. Uh, out in Citizens Bank Park. That's been a staple for years now for Greg the Bolzinski. Yeah. And so at least at a Phillies game, but a Phillies game, like it's a snack cornucopia. Like they have so many good snacks there. So much good food to eat at a Phillies game. Like they have a Federal Donuts. They have a Shake Shack. They have, uh, I think there's new cheesesteak plays this year. I can't remember. They have so much good food at a Phillies game. Flyers have been up in their game. I haven't tried that crazy milkshake place that JJ and Jonesy had on the one game yet, but I did enjoy the Delco steak. But, you know, Cooper, I, I apologize. I don't really remember any great throwback snacks from my youth because it was mainly just those shitty nachos or popcorn that the Fanatic was throwing on my head. But uh, that chocolate chip dip cone sounds wonderful, and I want one right now. But yeah, I wish I could I wish I could offer more insight into this because like I'm really excited to go to Citizens Bank Park because I know that they have insane food there. So this summer I'm gonna try and make up a make a little trip up to Philadelphia, see some Phillies, see Bryce Harper get some dingers and uh I don't know, have some uh have some good some good food up there in uh C B P. Whole lineup's gonna be hitting dingers, so it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be awesome. Next question, Colin X Gorley said What's the let's get nuts move you'd like to see the floors pull off in the offseason as part of this supposed aggressive retool? So this is, of course, referencing you could go two ways. Craig always thought I was going with the uh, George Costanza, like, let's get nuts. <laughs> I tend to go with the Batman 89, like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts scene. So regardless, oh how do we get nuts here? How do we go crazy? The real way to get crazy is you clear out a ton of calf space to bring in Kachuk yeah. And Gaudreau, and bring back Claude, and God, <laughs> and you still bring in Latang to piss off the Penguins because yeah. he can still play effectively. If you, you dump Risto in the ocean, and <laughs> I don't know, find another defenseman. I don't even care how that happens, but you know, uh, those are my big like to bring in an elite talent because Johnny Gaudreau is an elite talent. Yes, and. He is. Kachuk, I don't know if I call him an elite talent, but he's a he's very, got a talent. very talented player. He's very skilled. He's got a lot of – this is what I was going to say earlier about, about uh, Kachuk. I was going to leave it for this one. Like, Kachuk is just – like I mentioned before, he's such a perfect flyer. And I just – if there's one guy who I feel like the fans could really rally around and he would apply to every, like, little subsect of the fan base, it would be him. Like, he's a tough dude. He'll fight people. He's scrappy, but he's also really good at hockey, and he's extremely skilled. So, like, 
that would be my guy. And I know there have been rumors about, um, oh, the Flames have Kachuk on, uh, the, on the trade block or whatever, and then they've denied it, like, very, very feverishly uh, in the past. But um, I don't know. Like, if the Flyers had, like, the right price, who knows what could happen? Maybe it could. Maybe they could work something out. But that would be, like, my dream scenario, if they somehow managed to put together a package good enough to get Kachuk. And there's no one – I mean, we've talked about, about it before. There's no one really – on this roster right now, that's completely untouchable. So why not? Why not go for it? Go for, go for a homer and just, and just shake it up, you know, shake up the entire NHL. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. There, there's not a guy who is completely untouchable. There's not even a guy close to it. Like the, the closest guy to it might be Couturier and his contract hasn't even kicked yeah. in yet. And people are already worried about that. So well, I was going to say Carter Hart. Yeah, Carter, to he, me, he's like the only the only untouchable is Carter Hart, maybe Kateria. Yeah, yeah, and I love a lot of guys on this roster. I love Farabee. I like Konechny a lot when he's playing his game, and uh, you know, I like Hayes when he's healthy. Hayes looked really good in the in his recent games, but you yeah, know, there's there's none of those guys are untouchable, and it, even like Cam York, who I think is very promising, not even close to untouchable. Now, next question, Neon Terror, Comrade Mikey, is there any hope for us? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not anytime soon. I think it's going to be a couple of years till uh, we're back to hope, unfortunately. Yeah. I, there's I hope. Think, yeah. I think there's, like, there's definitely hope. I just feel like it's, yeah, like, it, yeah, it's a, it's a couple of years away, but I think it'll be, I think it'll be worth it. Chucky Two Trades has a lot of work ahead of him. He and, does. I don't think at this moment there's a lot of hope, but we'll we'll see what Chuck can do. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, maybe in like two to four years, I think that's when the Flyers will kind of have their their new new core back in place. Um, I can't tell you who those players are going to be. I don't know if they're on the team right now even, but um, I don't know. I, I, I think there's definitely hope. It's just, it's going to be really rough the next couple of years, but at least... Like the the positive mentality that I'm trying to take with me through this whole journey is that we're going to be getting more and more clarity each year that they're bad. I guess I would think because then if they're if they continue to be bad, they're just going to keep stockpiling draft picks and they're going to keep making trades and building for the future in that respect. And then from there, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I think there's hope. It's just a couple years away. Yeah. I agree with that assessment right there. John Burner, C101 at, I have this rash on my thigh. Should I invest in Tesla? Well, I would recommend getting a doctor to look at that rash or uh, <laughs> maybe just rub some, uh, rub some tussin on it. You know, that's always a good solution right there. Why not Should you both? invest in, why not both? I agree. Should you invest in Tesla? Uh, no, unless you get a seat on Elon Musk's rocket to escape the doomed planet Earth. That's, yeah, I would recommend that as well. It's not looking pretty for us as a people. No, not necessarily. <laughs> not particularly, no. Uh, sigh. Okay. James Minger, Hockey Panda, Broad Street Hockey's own, doing a great job right now. James wanted to know why we're so handsome, how he can become more handsome like the two of us. Well, well, J James, James, let me say this. You are one handsome fella. I can t say that very, very confidently. You are probably top five in the world in terms of ham handsomeness. Um, <laughs> I agree. I agree. James is a super handsome guy. But and, if, if for some reason you want to get to top two most handsome people in the world, like 
like Steve and I, I'm telling you, facial reconstruction surgery does wonders for us. It really does. Like it's, it makes me look like a whole new man. And you know, to, to achieve my levels, you really need to go with my strict regimented diet of old fashions, too much coffee, a cup of tea a day, not more, some water, a lot of chicken, and the occasional ice cream. Key key element there is occasional. Yeah. And uh, cookies. Yeah. Cookies, you know, all the, he- <laughs> all the healthiest stuff for you. Oh, you know, I eat some kale too. We'll put that in there. Yeah. 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 Kale's good. Gotta love yeah, there it. There you go. One superfood a day should nullify the rest of the bullshit. Yeah. That's scientifically proven. Yeah. It's scientifically proven. <laughs> oh. By DK Metcalf, it is scientifically proven. That... <laughs> oh my God. Yes. The candy diet. It all comes back the to the candy diet. diet. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Brian, the Blue Raja said, who do you 100% believe will take the largest step forward? Do we have a hidden gem on the team now that could be that guy? This is an interesting question, Brian, and thanks for submitting it. This is uh, an intriguing one here yeah. because who is the guy on this roster? Who takes a step forward? Now, you have some intriguing names, right? Like, I think Scott Lawton, from at least a leadership perspective, I'm very intrigued to see how much of a step forward he takes. Yeah. Because uh, one of the things about moving out Claude Giroux is this does open up the field to for new leaders to step forward. Like part of the, I'd read Jason Stark's great book. I forget the title of it offhand, but about the 2008 Phillies. And he was talking about constructing that roster. And part of it was trading Bobby Abreu away and how that allowed other guys to step up into leadership roles. Uh, Bobby Abreu, fantastic baseball player, fr- afraid of walls, but uh, consistently... <laughs> hit over 300 and was just an all around, very good baseball player. And the Phillies didn't win a world series. They didn't even make the playoffs with Abreu on the roster. And then he got traded. And then Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, those guys stepped up. And you also saw this with the flyers when Forsberg got traded away that allowed like Carter and Richards to step up into leadership roles. And then when Carter's Carter and Richards were traded away, Claude Giroux had to step up into that role. And it also didn't help that Chris Pronger got hurt like he did, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to one of the greatest of Flyers defensemen. Not rest in peace, he's alive. But, you know, <laughs> Chris Pronger, uh, one of the greatest defensemen in Flyers history, and he played like two seasons, let me tell you. But he's, he's on, on Twitter now. Roster. He is. That's weird. Yeah, he's giving like financial advice to people. It's actually kind of cool. It's an interesting. It he had like cool. an interesting thread the other day about like how a lot of players spend their money. It's, I don't know. I thought it was pretty fascinating. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was great. So I do think uh, I do think that like forward. Yeah. So I feel like naturally my head goes immediately to Farabee, just based off of what Giroux was saying about him before his one thousandth game. Like everyone was talking about how he was saying Farabee's gonna break all my records one day. And I think everybody got pretty excited by that. And I like Farabee's a very skilled dude, and I think he plays the type of game that the Flyers brass really likes. So I could see him taking a big step forward next year. But and like you also mentioned Lawton, I could see Lawton like really stepping up next year. Like because we know he's a good player. He's not someone who's gonna knock your socks off. But I could see him having like somewhat of like a quote unquote breakout season where he's like he scores like 25 goals 50 points or something like that just kind of out of nowhere because with Giroux gone he's kind of like the leader now or one of the main leaders 
And um, I don't know. I could just kind of see he strikes me as someone who, when that responsibility is put on his shoulders, he answers the bell, both in the locker room and on the ice. I feel like he would be that kind of guy. So I could see those two really taking huge steps next season. Yeah. And I think I agree with you on both of them, but Farabee, I think is the guy who really needs to be one of like the main dudes on this team moving forward, especially if they can't bring in like a Johnny Gaudreau or Nazim Kadri or somebody like that. Like Farabee is already one of the top offensive performers on this team. He's a guy now they're entrusting first line center duties to, and I didn't even know he could play center. I I had no idea. And it's it's intriguing to see what Farabee can bring to the table. It's intriguing to see what Lawton can bring. I don't know if Konechny's going to step it up more than he can. I think we might have seen Pete Konechny. Prove me wrong, Travis. Please, for the love of God, prove me wrong. And then, you know, the, the hidden gems are the guys that I think we have yet to see. Yeah. A lot of the guys in the system, I think they have such intriguing names in the system right now. What can Brink Bring when he comes up. Brink is a, a fascinating player to me. Forrester is a fascinating player to me. Zade Wisdom, maybe not on the talent level of those two guys, but the guy has heart for days. Like these are really guys like this is the future of the Flyers that we're gonna see in a couple years when there will be hope again. And those might be your hidden gems. And I, I think it's gonna be one of those guys that's gonna have to step up. Yeah, and I do want to mention Tippett too, because like I know we've only seen him in really like a handful of games so far, but I liked what I've seen from him. Like he's got some wheels on him. He's a strong guy. He's he's great at like creating space and making and creating chances. Um, he just can't seem to finish a lot, which is like kind of the story of the Flyers. <laughs> but yeah, they I, really went and got the most Flyers player out of that trade they could have. Definitely, yeah. But he's still pretty young, and I feel like if he just you know maybe next year, given assuming he's a regular in the lineup every night, which I imagine they that's kind of the plan. That's kind of why they wanted him specifically in that trade. Maybe they view him as like next year. This is the start of the rest of your career. Basically. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like if he's got like a full-time role in a top six, top six position, um, he could, he could take a big step too. So I, I don't know how big, but um, compared to what he has documented or what he's shown before, I think no matter what he does, it'll be a, a pretty good step forward. So that's good. I, I think he'll do pretty well too. This season. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, one last guy I wanted to mention, and this is just, I wish this guy could stay healthy because I really think he would be a, a tremendous Philadelphia flyer. If he could Wade Allison, I yeah. think Wade Allison, like, look, I know I remember on one of the live shows, somebody said like, how sad is it? We're talking about guys like Wade Allison, but like, Wade Allison is such a heart and soul and fun player to watch that I just wish he could stay healthy and be here. Like, I think he would be such a great, like, middle six forward if he could play consistently and be healthy. I just wish he could because he's a blast and we won't be able to tell him apart from Owen Tippett when he comes up. And (laughs) this all ginger lineup is going to be super weird. We actually have a question, two questions from now dealing with that. What do you mean? Owen Tippett dyed his hair, didn't he? <laughs> Tippett, dying hair. If you guys didn't see, there was we had a really fun April Fool's Day article that went live that um, I believe Kelly wrote, and it was it was very it was so good. So yeah, I did a I did a little bit of like closing on that one. Coffee is for closers, and I drink a lot of coffee, so I, <laughs> I, 
I, I, I pretty much wrote the the ending to that one, but Kelly did like most of the work. And I think Thomas came up with the original concept for that one. So real group effort. And Megan did the Photoshop. So real group effort from the BSH crew on that one. Very good. Very good yes. stuff. Yeah. So glad, glad you enjoyed that. But they, those two guys really do look alike. It's crazy. It's yeah. They have like the same exact hair, same exact facial hair. It's it's wild. It's completely wild. Next question. JD Kent DM this one over to me said, what's the first thing you will do when this godforsaken hellscape of a season is over <laughs> and we can all have a breather and a drink or 100, meaning what are post flyers evenings like for the flight fam? I mean, they're not going to be too different. They're just going to have a little bit less like disappointed looking at my tablet or laptop because I've been watching most of my games on there while I enjoy other stuff and uh, probably a lot of TV watching. I watch a lot of TV. I love TV. I've been watching the hell out of Severance right now, which is amazing. I can't wait for Succession to come back. All the S shows pretty much. And <laughs> I'll have Phillies games on, which are much more relaxing, even with their terrible bullpen. Like I'll still... You know, baseball, you can just take a lot more casually than hockey. Like, hockey is such an intense sport. And it, despite my best efforts to not care, I still feel the high highs and the low lows of the Flyers. So, uh, you know, probably I, I need to get out more post. <laughs> I need to get out of the house more post flyer season and, and yeah. you know, touch some grass and walk around. But, you know, I'll probably uh, enjoy a couple old fashions and just uh, hang out, you know, nothing big. Pretty much the same thing, just minus the stress of the Flyers. Yeah, I think I'm going to be spending a lot of time outside this summer. Like now that I have, you know, it was, with COVID kind of calmed down now, I feel a little more comfortable going outside and doing things. So um, I don't know. I think I'm, this is going to be a lot of fun this summer. I'm going to be rewatching the same shows that I rewatch just over and over and over again. That's not going to change. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul season six is coming. And man, I am ready. I am I'm so, so excited. excited. We, yeah. we just finished our Breaking Bad rewatch and we watched El Camino and now we're starting back in on Better Call Saul. I don't know if we're going to make it before the new season starts up, but uh, we're going to try. You got it. I, I believe in you guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that shit's also great. And I'm a big fan of all that stuff. And uh, the, you know what the other thing I want to do is, is I... I went to two concerts last week and it was just so much fun to get back and, and hear live music. And I think we're going to try to get to more concerts this summer. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I think I'm going to actually try and go to one. Assuming I don't think I'm working next Tuesday. Um, for those who don't know, I live in Richmond, Virginia, and there's a really, really good shoegaze band called uh, Slow Crush, and they're coming down to Richmond. Um, and I'm going to try and go see them. A buddy of mine, Ben, um, he showed me them, and it, they blew my mind. So I'd love to go see them live next week. That'd be a pretty good time, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. Get out there and enjoy the non-Flyers world is my advice to everybody here. Next question came on Instagram from Michael McAllister. He said, what is the biggest missed opportunity as a Flyers player from this season or for a Flyers player from the season? A, Carter Hart playing for Team Canada at the Olympics and getting to play behind a real defense. <laughs> B, Keith Yandel getting to retire with 1,000 consecutive games played. Or C, Cam York playing on a pair with Ryan Ellis and a line of Wade Allison, Sean Couturier, and Owen Tippett to form an all-ginger lineup of skaters. <laughs> this still could happen next season or another configuration this season. So I, I'm really hoping C happens next season. Uh, my my biggest miss opportunity is actually Ryan Ellis like as a whole. Yeah. Because I feel like this is such a different season 
with Ryan Ellis in there. I, I just feel like not getting to see him play hockey is, is just, it sucks. It sucks because that yeah. was the best acquisition of the off season. And he's just such a fun player to watch. And to comment briefly on the other two, I, I actually saw, I'm, Man, I didn't get to see any NHL players at the Olympics because as good as the Olympics were, I just, it means so much when you have the that high-end NHL talent playing there. And that's exactly why I was so bummed about it. Like when I was watching all the games, it was like, like it was good. It was good competition, but it's like I knew in the back of my head, these aren't the best players in the world. And the Olympics is supposed to be the best athletes in the world competing in their respective sports. And it just didn't feel like that because it, it wasn't that. It was like, you know, it, it just, it felt very empty. Like the women's competition was amazing. Oh, the, the women's men's, competition was fantastic. It was great. The men's was just, yeah, it just felt so underwhelming. Right, because you just kept thinking, well, what would this look like if, I don't know, Jordan Wheel wasn't playing and instead we had... <laughs> Flyers legend, Jordan Wheel. Yeah, Jordan Flyer, you know, his aunt loves me, let me tell you. I, yeah, you just kept thinking about that the entire time. It's like, okay, like, it's nice that Noah Cates, Cates gets to play in the Olympics, but yeah. why am I not watching Austin Matthews here? Yeah, in like, I guess the way it happened, too, is really a bummer. I remember it was, like, around Christmas time when the NHL announced that players weren't going to be going because the, the that late later outbreak of... Um, the Omicron variant. And it was just like such a letdown because we were so close to the, uh, to the Olympics. And then it just kind of got taken away right under your nose. And yeah, it was, it was just a really shitty way of it all happening, but um, I don't know. At least we got the world cup coming. (laughs) Apparently the world cup of hockey is coming back. So, Oh boy. Without the all America or the North America under, 25 team or whatever it was that was the best part having that weird young guns team yeah they accidentally did something fun and when they realized it was fun they took it away and now correct their error yeah no you can't have fun here goddamn monsters let me tell you the nhl is just full of monsters who don't want us to enjoy their game and we keep trying to enjoy it no matter what. <laughs> why do we do this what is our mental illness that allows us to keep doing this Yes. Well, I, I look forward at least to having the Saul Ginger lineup next season. Let's make it happen, whoever the coach is. You know what? Give Yo one more tank season. Why not? Just say fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Mike Serafino on Instagram asked what the best fictional rodent is. You know, there's a couple obvious choices like uh, Mickey Mouse is up there. That's an all-timer. <laughs> I like Remy the Rat a lot from Ratatouille. I love Ratatouille. I think that's probably the most underrated Pixar movie right there. We all know it's our friend, the rat. Come on. It's our friend, the rat. He appears on my street on Halloween to go trick or treating. Somebody traps him in a trash can. He disappears. And then he pops up in Paris. Then he pops up in New York, carrying pizza. You know, like there's our friend is the best fictional rat by far. So thank you for asking, Mike. We had to plug our friend, the rat here. Do you remember angry beavers? Yes, I do. Beavers are rodents, aren't they? Are they? I don't, I don't I know. Get that's confused good... on what is a rodent and what isn't. That's a. I mean, all right, here we go. Are beavers rodents? <laughs> beavers are the largest rodents in North America. Oh, wow. Those are my favorite fictional rodents, I think. Although yeah, Remy the beavers, Rat is okay. a great. Remy the Rat rocks. I do love Remy the Rat. He's great. Remy is fantastic. He, he, again, the I think the low key most underrated Pixar movie is Ratatouille. I agree. Yeah. That's my girlfriend's like one of her favorite movies of all time. 
That's a great movie. Great yeah, movie great right one. there. Last question we have here. Matt Blake on Instagram asked, Drew playoff watch party for the perb crowd? We can watch low-res stained YouTube videos during intermission. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Well, we'll work some corn in there, too, because we all know the corn videos were the best of that era. With uh, uh, <laughs> I remember showing Eamon the Freak on a Leash <laughs> video and him just going like, what the hell is this? What am I watching here? You're in that, and I'm like, you just got to get to the middle when it starts going out of nowhere, and then you're really going to lose your mind. So you're going to laugh really hard at this, and I did this unironically the other day. I listened to the song Coming Undone by Stain willingly, and I was kind of vibing to it a little bit. Like that first, that opening riff where it's like, I don't know, like for some reason I was feeling like, just jazzed up when I heard that. And I was like, oh man, this brings back memories. These bands made some riffs. They could make some good riffs. It's just then they couldn't make a coherent song. And some <laughs> of these people would end up just being terrible people. I'm specifically looking at you, stained guy. But I, you know, they, they made some good riffs. They made some catchy riffs back in the day. And that's why I connected to it in my angry high school self. Excuse me. The corn did. Yeah, it was Corn that did Coming Undone, right? Or was that yes. Stained? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That, I think that Stained, was Corn, yeah. Yeah, Stained was uh, Beware and um, uh, that other Blood song. Shovel that I, yeah. and the one where Fred Durst goes, this is the real motherfucking deal, y'all. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. That's a moment. You talk about moments that live rent-free in your head, and that's a moment that lives rent-free in my head is Fred Durst sitting there with his white, t-shirt and red backwards cap going just interrupting this slow acoustic song going this is the real motherfucking deal y'all it's one of the weirdest music things i can remember and that's the official live recording that they would play on the radio i'm gonna say this this is this might perhaps be um controversial when i say this but limp biscuits cover of behind blue eyes i think is actually a really good cover i'm gonna fight you i actually really like that cover i do I know it's controversial. I know it's controversial, but for some reason, I like, I can get down to it. I'll go to the Sixers game with you, but we're going to fight over this in the parking lot first. In backwards red hats. We'll do it in the parking lot. Yeah, we have to wear the backwards red hats. We have to have the white shirts. Yeah, it's perfect. You got to do it right. And that's how we'll all show up to the the Drew playoff watch party. Yeah. We have to dress up like new metal bands from the 2000s. Matt, I don't know if there will be an officially sanctioned BSH event. I'll have to talk to Steph about that, but maybe we'll maybe we'll put together an unofficial thing, especially if we can. the The problem is finding bars that will just put on hockey for you because yeah. bars hate to put on hockey for you. It's always just like you have to kind of beg the bartender, like, "Can you please put on a hockey game? I know there's 15 basketball games on, but can you please put on this great hockey game, please?" I don't know. We got ESPN two on. <laughs> we got to see what. Well, it, then they put them all on ESPN plus, which is like a great excuse for the bars to not put it on because it's like, well, we don't yeah. have streaming and the TVs. We just have the basic cable plan. Like, just appease me. Can I stream it? <laughs> Can I stream it from my phone on there? Do we uh, Apple Play, Apple AirPlay on the TV? Yes. Let me AirPlay it onto your TV. That would be cool if they like if there was a bar that would let people do that. Kind of like touch tunes where yeah, you can you like, order yeah. the song to play. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. 
So Matt, yeah, I'll let you. I'll put it out into the ether if we can put something together. But uh, I, I'm not sure at this time. But that does sound like a lot of fun, and we are all pulling for Clutcher, and we'd like to see him play some actual good hockey with good hockey players. The, the Florida Panthers are a phenomenal hockey team. They are a pleasure to watch. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know. Hopefully, they don't get too difficult a um, matchup in the first round. That would be really disappointing if they end up. What if it is like Leafs Panthers, and then the Leafs finally end up? Of course, the Yerzuru is on a good team. The Leafs get hot, and then they make a deep run. Yeah, isn't this playoff format great? It's just the best. <laughs> it's literally unbeatable. <laughs> God damn it. Well, we'll see what happens on that front. You know, Ryan, I had one more feature I wanted to do today, but I don't know if I have time for it. I really got to get going. So we're going to we're going to cut this short. We're going to do it next week. I'm excited to do this segment, but we're going to do it next time. But I'm excited for that one. I can't so, wait to do this. Yes. We're going to keep so, it a mystery. We're going to keep it a mystery. You'll yes. find out what it is next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. We will not provide any context to this feature at this time. Thanks so much for submitting your questions, though. This was a lot of fun. I always love a good mailbag, and there were a ton of questions this time. Great, great questions from the crowd here, so thank you again. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.au.ca. Where can people find you on Twitter, Ryan? At Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Excelente. Anything you would like to plug at this time? Just want to say that uh, there are more wheels in the world than doors. That's, that's, that's it. All that's all say. you're plugging at this time. Yeah. All right. And we're, we're not going to fight on that one because I don't know the answer and I don't uh, try to know. I don't. Know <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> Ryan Quiggs. You can also find me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb. Make it Flyperbole if it's for hockey that you want to follow me. That wasn't a well-structured sentence. So my <laughs> apologies, but sorry, not sorry at the same time. Flyperbole is also on Instagram where people did ask some questions for this one. So follow us on there and BSH Radio, Broad Street Hockey, they're on a bunch of stuff. I'm out of gas. I gotta go eat lunch. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We love you all. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. What once seemed improbable is happening now. Insurance is front and center for tech companies who are finally commanding the space they occupy in every other industry. 
Behind the disruption is Cover Genius, the insure tech for embedded insurance that protects customers of the world's largest digital companies. Available at Amazon, Intuit, Flipkart, eBay, Booking.com, Skyscanner, Ryanair, and Southeast Asia's largest company, Shopee, Cover Genius's platform makes it easy for their global partners to embed insurance and warranty bundles, and especially rundles within their booking path or signup, connecting customers with the protection they need. And with global licensing and end-to-end capabilities across all industries, from property to travel, fintech, logistics, the gig economy, and retail, CoverGenius can build and distribute any kind of insurance and process claims in all 50 states and in more than 60 countries, all through a single integration. Because your customers are at the center of everything, CoverGenius pays claims instantly and maintains an NPS of 65+, plus, the highest in an industry where traditional insurers rely on paper forms, missed calls, and mailed checks to deliver NPS below zero. Give your customers the peace of mind they deserve. Visit CoverGenius.com Vox today to learn more. CoverGenius, the insure tech for embedded insurance. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.